Hello, Marvelites! You're listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 478. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm the Christmas Prince, Lorraine Sink. <laughs> Is that a movie? I think so. <laughs> there's there's a million of them about Prince for Christmas, Christmas Prince, a princess for Christmas. I, you know uh, what? I don't want to watch... baby. I don't want to watch any of them unless it stars Prince, either someone playing <gasps> Prince... Uh, now, or if they found footage of Prince just wearing a Santa hat and just like him sitting in a chair for two hours, that's all I want. Hold on. I got to get Netflix on the phone. <laughs> I got a movie for these guys or Hallmark. Either one. I'll take either. Ring, ring. This is Netflix. Hi. Can I help you? Hi. Okay. A Christmas Prince, but Prince is the artist formerly known as Prince. I'm wiring $10 million to your account right now. Have fun. Ha dang. She's made it. <laughs> and that's how you make Hollywood, everybody. Uh, in addition to telling you how you make Hollywood, we're going to tell you about some stuff happening this week in Marvel. Uh, really, this is going to be a little bit of a different episode because we're rounding out the end of the year. We're getting excited. So a lot of stuff we're going to talk about is just celebrations of the cool things that happened in 2020. But before we even get there, we're going to talk about some new Marvel comics coming your way in 2021. Oh, thank goodness. 2021 is almost here and we're getting some of our awesome updates for stuff that's coming in January, February, March. Uh, we're into March solicits already. So uh, let's kick off with what I think is going to be a big deal probably all year long. Captain America's 80th birthday or anniversary, however you want to look at it. Um, he was born as an adult man, so <laughs> it checks out. Oh, just picturing that. <laughs> He's like Mork from Ork, and he was born in an egg. And if you are old, wow. you get it. Wow. Our pro our <laughs> poor producer, Zachary and Alexis, are like, should I Google that? Is that safe? For yes, it's safe. You're fine. It's all good. Mork from Ork was born as an old man. Yeah. He has like a Benjamin Button situation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, let's keep going. Uh, we talk about Captain America tribute number one, because as you said, all year long, 80th anniversary. And so this is going to be wild. The artist list on this is... Is crazy. Just stacked. This is this is like a, a bunch of Marvel's, you know, favorite artists redrawing and modernizing Captain America's first appearance in Captain America Comics number one, as well as uh, when he was brought back in the 1960s in Avengers number four by Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. Of course, Captain America Comics number one by uh, Jack Kirby and Joe Simon. And so this one is really cool. If, if anybody hasn't checked it out already, there was the giant size X-Men number one tribute that was released this year in 2020 that took that same concept. It took the the original comic and then let artists redraw it and go buck wild. With, you know, over 40 artists in here, we can't tell you, it just wouldn't make sense to read off a bunch of names. So no. all the names, you can get them on marvel.com. But like the the new class of Marvel Stormbreakers, they're all in there. Um, Mark Bagley, who's, you know, one of my favorite artists of all time. Uh, you know, Alex Ross. Alex Ross. An icon. Adam Kubert, who's a sweet boy. Jesus Saiz, who's incredible. Sarah Pakeli. Uh, Kaizama, uh, who she's done some incredible work with mech stuff and to see her do some stuff here. Uh, man, it's really, really cool. Like, it's such a great wide diverse list of of creators in this it's really really special this one yeah um we also got some other books that have been announced um over the last few days oh uh, we got silk yeah which i'm really excited yeah. uh it's going to be our newest solo series and it's going to have maureen goo uh writing the book and it's going to be drawn by takeshi miyazawa 
And, you know, I love Silk. I think she's such a fabulous character. And this is going to have her doing some detective work on some gangland murders. So I'm really excited to see how they do that. Plus, there's a strange demon cat in the book. So get at me, 2021. You hook me with Silk and then you really seal a deal with the strange demon cat. That's all I needed. Yeah. Uh, Maureen Gu is the writer and she's uh, she's a YA writer. She's got a ton mm-hmm. of books. And um, so it's really cool. She's super excited about this. If you've seen her on social media, she's jazzed about it and i'm super jazzed about the brand new beta ray bill limited series that's coming in march i don't think a lot of like if you just read marvel comics you don't know the name daniel warren johnson very well yet but boy oh boy you will as soon as this comes out uh daniel warren johnson had recently worked on wonder woman dead earth if you follow tom brevoort marvel comics executive editor on social media you would have seen tom glowingly gushing about this book uh, and you know, Tom, he'll tell you straight up whether he likes something or doesn't. Mm-hmm. He loves it. He loves the work here. Um, Daniel Warren Johnson is this super detailed, really kinetic, incredibly imaginative artist. And so Beta Ray Bill is going to be a perfect story for him. It's, um, it's Beta Ray Bill spinning out of the events of both the current Thor comics and the King and Black series. And in Thor, like Thor broke Stormbreaker from Beta Ray Bill. He's like... <laughs> No, I don't like he's like my my Thor was acting like my toddler just going, no, no, no. (laughs) And Beta Ray Bill had to deal with toddler Thor being a jerk. Um, also, this cover is flipping sick yeah. um, because it's like nullified Fing Fang Foom <sighs> yes. fighting Beta Ray Bill. I immediately saw it and I sent it to our friend and co-host of Verse Mightiest Show, Langston Belton, because I mean, this is like yeah. his jam. Yeah. These two dudes. Oh, it's so good. Speaking of Thor, uh, newly announced Thor and Loki Double Trouble, which looks so cute. It's got that kind of hero hero anime style. Also, I love Mariko Tamaki. She wrote the Hulk series that was She-Hulk is the Grey Hulk um, when she felt sad after the events of Civil War II. And I just love her. She's like very heartfelt, but also very funny. Yeah. And so it all is kicking off when Loki dares Thor to steal the powerful relic from Odin's vault. And I just love this because it's like brothers getting in trouble vibes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And uh, Mariko and Guruhiru, they worked on the Spider-Man and Venom Double Trouble series. Right. But all of that's on Marvel Unlimited. And it's hilarious. It's adorable. It's I've gushed over it every time I talked about it on Marvel's Pull List podcast because it's it's a like the perfect comic when you say something is all ages. It's something mm-hmm. that is meant to be like enjoyed by an adult because it's great, given to a child because they will love it and it's funny. To me, it reminds me of the Muppets in that way of like there's something for everyone in it and it has layers and it is really great. And I I hope I hope 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 Mariko Tamaki and Gurehiru continue to team up on books for us forever yeah oh also america chavez is getting a book yeah made in the usa it's a five issue series it starts in march and it's actually written by kalinda vasquez who worked as co-executive producer on marvel's runaways for hulu and abc's once upon a time a bunch of other shows on top of all that um so i and i've heard kalinda talk about this book a whole bunch i've talked to her and the editorial team about it just because there's some cool stuff going on in there. So it's really cool. And then drawing it is going to be a young up and comer named Carlos Gomez, who recently was drawing Amazing Mary Jane. So 
Yeah. Which is beauteous. Yes. Yes. It's going to be really, really cool. Man, there's so much cool stuff going on. Uh, there's also Demon Days X-Men, which I'm just really pumped about because Peach Momoko, who's one of our Stormbreakers, is going to be writing and drawing this piece, which is awesome. I think we've seen a lot of her art come through, but I'm really excited to see her um, have sort of full control of a whole issue. It's really cool because Peach is one of our Stormbreakers and she's done a lot of cover work, but seeing we've Mm -hmm. released some of her interior work. Holy Mm -hmm. moly. Just the best. I'm just going to read you guys the tease. A wandering swordsman with a psychic blade arrives at a village uh, that's being targeted by demons. Already I'm in. (laughs) So one demon is black and white with a terrifying red tongue and another may be the strongest demon there is. So we're going to basically, let's just say we've got X-Men and demons. They're going to fight each other and they're (laughs) going to look sick because it's Peach Momoko. Yeah. I believe it's a five issue saga and um, there are going to be different parts focusing on, you know, like there'll be Demon Days X-Men and then Demon Days what have you. So X-Men is the first part of this and it's just Peach reimagining the Marvel Universe in a really, really cool way. I can't wait. Man, it's been quite a year, Ryan. Yes, it has, Lorraine. It's been a challenging year. We all know that 2020 was 2020 forever. Uh, This last week. I said to my wife, wow, I'm glad it's Friday on Tuesday. Um, and so every day has been a Friday this week as we're getting to the end of the year. And it feels like it's been like that all year long. Yeah, it's a year of Fridays, a but year. not in like the good way. <laughs> but there have been some really cool Marvel stuff that that have, has yeah. been released and has happened this year. You know, if you look at like even back in January, we launched a brand new Thor comic book series. That's really fun. Uh, we la- relaunched all of our Star Wars comics. Iron Man 2020 started. You know, we, we kicked off the year with some really cool stuff, even for comics. Yeah. And in February, we got to do our last convention of the year, which was really cool. We got to go to C2E2, which was nice that we got to have that experience. Um, We got to see some some more great comic launches. We got Marvel's Voices, which was just like a wonderful anthology comic with some of our wonderful, diverse creators. We had a new Wolverine comic where he was just running around looking shirtless. I love the Wolverine series that we have right now. It's so good. Mr. Benjamin Percy will tell you all about it. And yes. It's he's he's so good. Uh, shout out to our, our friend and co-host, uh, James Monroe Iglehart, who had a story in Marvel's Voices, yeah. uh, which was great. Um, you know, And then we went into March, which was, I think about the, the move from February to March very specifically because, I don't know if you remember this, Lorraine, you and I were at C2E2. We, we saw mm-hmm. a bunch of fans. We had a great time. We At that point, we were like, we we're like, hey, try to limit your contact with people because you don't know, like we were still in the like the figuring out stages publicly of, right. of everything that's going on. And so we both left C2E2 early, earlier than we normally mm-hmm. do. But that I flew to Boston and on March 1st, that's I went right. to another convention. I went to PAX East to help uh, reveal and announce the upcoming game Marvel Future Revolution, which, you know, like I remember walking through the crowds there and just being like, this is fine. This is fine. This is fine. (laughs) This is fine. And and so it was, it was fine. We were okay at that point, but it was, it's weird to think about that that February, March timeframe was the last time you and I really got to, fly and travel like that, considering Mm. how much you and I travel for work in a given year. I miss strange things like sitting alone in a hotel room eating Baja Fresh. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> like that's what I do in LA. Oh yeah, I um, love going to a city where there's so much to do and not leaving a hotel room. Oh, right? it's the best. It's so good. I just, I just like give myself a spa day. Just sit around. You know, I eat the free uh, chocolate covered raisins, you know, whatever. Come for me, internet. You don't like those? Okay, fine. Anyway, uh, but yeah, it's it's been truly just like a very different year. But I'm so glad that one, we walked away from those being healthy. Mm-hmm. And two, that we got to, you know, go out and, and connect with people and see fans and friends. Uh, like one good last hurrah. Yeah. But I'm really proud of us, as I have been for a long time, for never missing an episode. We've yep. put out. This Week in Marvel, every week, I think it helps us sanity-wise to just you know we have this to go through. Um, hopefully, it gives a little something to everybody who listens is like, we're going to be here for you. We we really appreciate all of our, you know, all the, the Twimma maniacs, as I like to call them. <laughs> and so, you know, we're still here. We're rocking through. Uh, we also had a couple of comic launches in, in March, you know, Strange Academy and Spider-Woman, um, which, you know, are terrific comics. Yeah. April uh, was a little bit of a quiet month for us as we sort of figured out the new world. Um, But my birthday did happen in April and it was a new experience. (laughs) I was waiting to to hear that. I remember being on the the little like uh, the video conference party uh, like us. Ryan roasted me. (laughs) We were like trying to be quiet in our house because the you know, the baby was sleeping and anything after eight o'clock, it's like everything has to get really, really quiet or else she wakes right up. It was an exciting new experience to sort of like figure everything out. I feel like to April, everyone was learning like the magic of video conferencing mm-hmm. and um, how to record from home. So we had a, an, an exciting adventure uh, behind the scenes in April. Yeah. And then, you know, we get into May, um, we start getting back into some comics launches, you know, the in Avengers, the Age of Conchu launched, which is such a gorgeous, gorgeous looking book. It's so cool and weird with Moon Knight essentially beating the crap out of the Avengers for a couple of issues, which is pretty rad. <laughs> yeah. Um, then in June and July, the real toast of the town was Empire, which was, uh, you know, the Kotati got to get naughty and <laughs> oh boy. Oh <laughs> please boy. use that. Please use it as a tagline. Oh, Al Ewing, I'm available. The um, po- Kotati got to get naughty. Oh, um, man. They they waged war on a bunch of people, uh, but it brought us some really cool stuff. Like we are getting an immortal She-Hulk and um, some other cool stuff that has come out through that storyline, you know? Yes. Yeah, for sure. And um, all those issues, I believe, are now in Marvel Unlimited. So if you mm-hmm. haven't caught up on Empire, get up in there. Have a good time with them. Uh, we get into <laughs> August. And I think the, the last bunch of months of just like – Engines are revving. Things are getting excited. Everybody's figuring out how to just continue getting really cool stuff together. So the Marvel Fortnite Nexus War began right at the end of August. That's one of the coolest things, just watching it happen and seeing like the people who don't necessarily read Marvel comics every week or like getting excited about different things because it ties into things that are going on in the comics. It's classic stuff for, for everyone. You got Galactus and it ended with this giant fight with everybody fighting Galactus in a bus alongside Iron Man, it was bananas. It's been really cool to see, um, you know, there are a lot of people who play Fortnite who aren't necessarily not Marvel fans, but are like newer to Marvel canon. And it's been really cool seeing um, a bunch of new fans like be like, oh, this is awesome and Mm -hmm. get 
into Marvel stuff, which I just think is cool. Yeah. And if anybody out there is just like more of a like, you know, top level Marvel fan and, and checked it out because of Fortnite and somehow came to us and you want comic book re- recommendations, come to me and Lorraine. Anybody needs comic recommendations, mm-hmm. hit us up. We are always there for you. Um, you know, a comic rec- that I would recommend that launched in August is the Maestro series, which is all about how the Incredible Hulk became this uh, alternate reality future tyrant named the Maestro. It's a gorgeous series. It's really cool. Very sad, action-packed, really, really wonderful. And of course, uh, August saw the series finale, the end of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., just one of our favorites, one of the best, uh, and I think something that a lot of fans are going to be able to go back and rewatch again and again and, and see just all the cool stuff that they got to do over those seven seasons. So let's move on to September. And in September, we had the kickoff of Marvel's Avengers, uh, which was a huge video game launch and was really exciting. Plus, we got Ms. Marvel for the first time, um, really getting to see her played out in a video game. So it's just really been so great. I particularly just really loved the storyline of that game. Yeah, the story was fantastic. Uh, and even, you know, going into we'll, we'll talk about it in the in a couple minutes, but like the game and the story continues on, which I think is really cool. We also got comic launches for Black Widow. Um, we got the wedding of Wiccan and Hulkling, which is so sweet. Just the best. I went back. I was just going back and reading some of their their Young Avengers comics and like watching them fall in love mm. and just be the sweetest little OTP is mm. so cute. The best. Also, Ten of Swords going strong. Uh, um, his- look, Ten of Swords <laughs> is absolutely bananas. It is 23 parts. It started in September. Yeah. It wrapped up a couple of weeks ago, but I love it so much. I can't wait to go back and reread it as one like complete volume in a row, which is going to take me a while. But man, it was so cool. It's the it's the X-Men story I, I've been dying for. Also, like Teeny and those tarot cards, give mm-hmm. them to me. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. want them. Yep. Um, we also got Rise of Ultraman. Um, you should go back and listen to our interview with the creative team for that. We also got to talk to Jean Luan Yang, uh, who is the writer on Shang-Chi. And I am low-key obsessed with him. He's just like <laughs> so sweet. really sweet and awesome and smart. And you should go back and listen to that interview as well. Plus, plus, plus uh, we got our first look at Marvel Studios' WandaVision. Oh, boy. Fui, fui, fui. Fui, fui. We indeed. Oh man. And then into October, comic launches included Amazing Spider-Man number 850, the start of the Warhammer 40,000 comics, which are really bloody. I like so many exploding bodies in that book. <laughs> uh, and that's that's by our friend Kieran Gillen writing that one. Um, wowie, wow, wow. And Werewolf by Night, which is so good. I had uh, one of our listeners, you know, reaching out to me, uh, just talking about the Werewolf by Night books saying knowing that we've talked about them on here on the show and on marvel's pull list and like they're really really good it's great to see this book with a new character but it's also got a legacy feel to it. it's got new creators telling these great marvel stories i freaking love this comic um okay we're 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 almost up to present day we've got november right and we got another video game right away which is Bucket Nuts, obviously, uh, PS5 launched. People still trying to get them. Me? Um, I'm still trying to get one. I don't have one. I know. 
Do you have one you could give me? Uh, I got 10, but I can't give them to you because I like to play them one after the other. <laughs> that would be the cruelest thing ever. If you just panned your camera over and it was just like 10 PS5s laid out on the floor. <laughs> but we did get Marvel's Spider-Man, Miles Morales, bringing Miles Morales to the forefront of the Spider-Man game. Uh, it's so good. And, you know, on top of that, this feels like it was 10 years ago, but there's also... Mm-hmm. Marvel 616 on Disney Plus. Yeah, uh, if you guys haven't checked it out yet, please do. Uh, we've ha- we've gotten to talk to some of the folks uh, who worked on Marvel 616, but it's an incredible sort of docu series that looks into different forays of Marvel culture. Um, we got to talk with uh, one of the gentlemen who worked on. Uh, the Japanese Spider-Man episode, which kicks off the entire series. Um, I'm actually featured in episode five, which is all about cosplay. There's a bunch of different topics that are all really fun and cool. And then rounding out November, we got the launch of Taskmaster, a little Tasky comic. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's really good. Taskmaster is a big old goof who uh, just gets into some business. Uh, And then that brings us to December, where we are right now. And it like it feels like we ended usually December is like the quietest month, but we came yeah. out guns blazing. Uh, <laughs> we launched on Sirius XM, all of our Marvel podcasts, including this one, including Marvel's pull list and declassified yeah. Marvel method. I mean, I I've heard, I've heard this declassified show has got a pretty cool host. Yeah. It's me, Lorraine. <laughs> um, also, also Evan Narciss. Uh, but it's been honestly really, really cool to finally have this show out in the world. Um, we do some really interesting deep dives into why Marvel stories were told and how they came about and like the secret tea that happened behind the scenes that nobody knew about. And it's just been really cool getting to talk to some Marvel legends and like get the secrets. It's been really cool. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah. And of course you can, you can listen to Marvel's declassified on the Sirius XM app or desktop player. Uh, We talked about Marvel Fortnite and the Nexus war and that ended in December, right at the beginning of the month. So it started at the end of August finished at the beginning of December with this giant Galactus fight with ACDC music playing in the background and Iron Man gives you a jetpack and then, you know, Thor's hanging out with you and you have to go and blow up Galactus. It's really, really cool. Uh, and of course, tons of comic launches right here at the end of the year. Uh, King and Black, which is just this massive Venom storyline where the god of the symbiotes has come to Earth to basically be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to kill everyone here and take over. I'm awake now. Bye. And um, he he trashed everybody right away. Uh, we're going to see that wrap up in March, but it's it started now. So definitely check that out. Daredevil number 25, which it's been spoiled all over the place, but I don't want to mention the big spoiler, the big change for the, the main character daredevil in this issue but the book is really good uh i just got to talk to chip zdarsky the writer recently and um there's really just some really cool plans coming for for old hornhead uh, we have the launch of the greatest comic book that was ever created uh aka oh modok head games in december uh look i i i've 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 told people they have to read this book. If you're not reading the book, then you're not reading comic books. Read Modoc Head Games. It's better than everything ever, ever, ever. Uh, also, brand new Black Cat series, King Size Conan, which is so friggin' good. It's it's a really beautiful Conan book, and I, I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, we've got the start of the Enter the Phoenix Saga in Avengers, the 350th issue of a Wolverine solo comic. So that's just a, a a little bit of a brief rundown of 
all the great stuff that happened for Marvel in 2020. Uh, there's plenty more, lots of cool stuff, and uh, everybody's worked so dang hard this year to keep everything going. So thank you to everyone at every sort of part of Marvel for keeping the House of Ideas rolling. Honestly, thank you to our producers. And uh, we work with like every group at Marvel trying to get info <laughs> so we can share it with you guys. And uh, it, it takes a village. Yes, it takes a village. And you know, a good village also needs a good library. And they should be checking out Marvel Unlimited because, true believers, tis the season to gift yourself Marvel Unlimited. Right now, you can get a year of Marvel Unlimited for only $55. And look, Clock is ticking, y'all. Don't miss out on this offer because it only goes until the end of the year. Lorraine, what is Marvel Unlimited? Uh, it is 28,000 digital issues and counting. Uh, Marvel Unlimited is the place to read all your favorite Marvel stories together. And new comics are available just three months after they're in stores, which is wild. Yes. You can go to marvel.com slash unlimited. Use the code. I'm going to spell it out for you. Y-E-A-R-F-O-R-5-5 at checkout. That's year 455. Use that code at checkout. And then of course, automatic renewal and other terms apply. Now you're going to have your Marvel Unlimited subscription. You want a great selection of comics to read. How about we give you some great starter points with uh, the conversation we're going to have? We're going to replay a conversation you and I had, Lorraine, uh, from very early in 2020. We want now that we're on Sirius XM, we've got new listeners. Everybody's checking things out. We wanted to replay this conversation where we explained the Marvel multiverse. We will tell you about the numbering system, why Marvel 616 uh, is there, and some of the other fun numbers, the history of the Marvel multiverse, and then we'll run through some of our favorite universes, and then um, you'll get a lot of great comic book ideas to read and explore as you, uh, you hear all this. So check out now our conversation about the multiverse. We're going to look across the Marvel Multiverse or the Omniverse, as uh, it is called in a lot of places, and we'll share some cool stories, some of our thoughts about them. So the idea of multiple realities was introduced in the real world. We're not talking about the Marvel Universe. Like, in reality, it was an actual theory put forth by Schrodinger, as in Erwin Schrodinger or Schrodinger's cat, that guy. You guys probably know who that is, maybe a little bit, or at least you'll go Google that later. He went on to say there could be multiple realities all kind of piled in on each other. But I think in large part because of the Marvel Universe, it's been brought into the mainstream and pop culture in a very big, different way. But I always think it's really interesting in the Marvel Universe how kind of science theory can become science reality in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Also, don't you just want alternate realities to be real? Like the thought of, you know. Kitty cat me. Kitty Lit, ki just, in the kitty verse? Yes, 100% that. But meow, also meow. the the alternate reality where you didn't join Marvel full time. The alternate reality where I stayed at Wizard Magazine instead of and became an actual wizard. Yeah, and like I grew the beard out and everything. And now you're Ryan the Gray. You know, like <laughs> who knows what those realities are like. Those are super <laughs> fun and I think about that stuff probably far too much. I think it's really cool which is why we're talking about this so much this year. And so I mentioned the numbering, right? Marvel Universe, the main Marvel Universe, the main comics universe is designated with a number 616. The whole system first began in the pages of Captain Britain in the early 80s by writer David Thorpe. Before I get into explaining that a little bit, 
for the longest time, I've hated this. I hated <laughs> the numbering designation for Marvel Universe. And I say this because I think it's such a... Um, logistic nightmare? It's not even that it's a logistic nightmare. It feels like it might be off-putting to someone who is just getting oh. into comics and stories. Like, I want everybody to read comics and enjoy comics, but then when they hear, hey, this is Earth 616, and this is Earth 1610, and this is Earth, you know, 19999, it's daunting, and it's yeah. like, I don't... You know, I don't want to stop someone from enjoying comics because there's just this this heavy cloud above them. But I have since sort of embraced it. Like, well, this is what it is. It is. I understand it as actually a very helpful way of understanding the the scope of the omniverse and cataloging things, especially when, you know, you and I and, and our producers, we start looking at this long list and seeing all these different universes and how they're numbered and, and all this other stuff. I think it's really cool. But I think that's also a great point. We're going to say a bunch of numbers, but don't be scared of the numbers because we're going to make sense of them and you'll never have to remember them again. Yeah. And the numbers almost never come up. Like Yeah. They're, they're just a, a note. Yeah. they come. We're putting footnote. them forth here because it's something that we have a, there's a backbone to all of our structure and I'll mention them throughout the year and then, you know, we'll talk about them. But all you got to know is like, hey, this universe has is really cool. This alternate universe is neat. So, again, all these numbers, they are what they are. But let's go back to the beginning. So this writer, David Thorpe, he was working on the Captain Britain comics for Marvel UK in the early 80s. These were created separate from the Marvel comics created in New York City, but they were cool. He was working alongside artist Alan Davis, and uh, this was... Shortly before Alan Moore came on to Captain Britain and started doing those stories. There's a great collection of Captain Britain stories by Alan Moore, which gets really weird and dark and cool. On brand. Yeah. But before Moore comes on, Thorpe comes up with a bunch of ideas that would really be used by Alan Moore, be used by a ton of other creators. And the multiverse numbering system was one of them. So there are a lot of stories about how this system for numbering universes came to be. One story that I found comes from an interview with Thorpe himself, where he explained that Earth-616 was meant to be the worst of all the universes. The 616 Earth was holding back all the others from achieving this great next step in evolutionary development, and they were just this, like, nasty, bad reality. And according to Thorpe, he numbered it 616 because... 666 is the number of the beast, the, like this evil number. And then he just took off 50. Like literally he was just like, 666, let's not use that exactly. Uh, I like a round number. Take off 50. He says, quote, a nice round number. All right. So in the same interview, he also said, the school in the world's coldest town in Siberia closes when the temperature reaches negative 61.6 degrees Fahrenheit. It's an extreme tipping point. End wow. quote. I love that. I love like a mix of like just off the cuff randomness and weird rationale. But also I feel attacked because <laughs> 616 is the main Marvel universe. Sure. That's my house, yeah. you know? You shouldn't feel too attacked because it's also partially because of the character Saturnine. So mm. Saturnine is this woman. She's this incredibly powerful, omniversal woman. She comes from Earth-9, I believe. And she is a creation of David Thorpe and Alan Davis. And she oversees 
the protection of all reality. So so it's Saturnine's judgment. Yeah. And she also oversees the Captain Britain Corps, which if you think of them as kind of like an omniversal group of cops, they try to police and help and sort of oversee things. And there's a Captain Britain in every reality. That, I think, the Captain Britain Corps, I think, comes in more into Alan Moore's run. So it wasn't actually Thorpe who displayed the numbering in his run. He came up with the concept, and I, I think he was on the book for however long period of time. And then Alan Moore came on. He actually used the 616 numbering in the books for the first time. He noted uh, that the, our Captain Britain of the time, Brian Braddock, was from 616, and he mentioned in one of his stories early on there was an Earth 238 that they were dealing with a situation in. But that is like the beginnings of it. From there, you know, it just sort of bleeds into the rest of Marvel creative. Chris Claremont adopted a, a lot of the characters and universe numbering beats into his Excalibur run with Alan Davis. He was honestly just a fan of those stories and liked that concept, so he started to glom onto it. Uh, Saturnine shows up in Excalibur. Captain Britain is a main character in Excalibur. There's a really great story called The Cross Time Caper, which involves time travel and alternate realities and really great stuff. That is from the Excalibur run with Chris. And this is all through the 1980s, right? Yeah, this is through the 80s. Claremont is doing Excalibur. And also in the 80s, the official handbook of the Marvel Universe yeah. starts coming out. And that is a, a really important place for the numeric designations. Because, again, there's not like every comic comes out. It's like, Earth, 616. It's really a way for Marvel to then start cataloging, doing stuff. So the official handbook of the Marvel Universe series of books utilize the numbering in their character profiles and the database that we are looking at that you know we're using to find all these numbers grew out of the appendices of the handbooks or the profiles of the handbooks. There's a team here at Marvel that catalogs and organizes all the universes and it is fascinating. So Ryan, you know, you say Earth 616 or Earth 238 or Earth whatever. What does a sort of parallel universe encompass? All the all the all the things. Right. So, but it's a full universe, right? Yes, it is a full universe. It's uh, a full Earth, but yep. it's also a full universe. Yeah, yeah. So, the Earth part of it is partial, like just explanation designate, but it does encompass everything within that reality. Um, whether it's you know the various planets or the alien races, um, it's just simply Earth six one six is important because that is the anchor point for the people who are designating these things. So Saturnine, Merlin, Captain Britain Corps, it's all tied to Earth. I'm sure, you know, if if there was a Shi'ar mindset about things, they would look at it as like Chandelar 616. Chandelar is the home planet for the Shi'ar race. And they would have similar designations, but they're like, Earth, ugh, this place is gross. But in this catalog, there are thousands. You know, the, the numbering goes crazy mm -hmm. high like into the 90 some odd thousands so what we have is just what has been designated and cataloged which leaves room for thousands and thousands more and infinitely more this is really fun though it allows us to tell any kind of story we want my favorite series of all time is probably the what if series which is all based mm, yeah. on alternate realities and in within those series, issue number 34 of both What If Runs is a joke issue. It is all comedy. Really silly. Like the cover of the 90s version has Uatu the Watcher 
standing over uh, a grate, the grate with his skirt blowing up like Marilyn Monroe. But in those issues, there are probably like 30 different stories and each of those is in itself its own reality. And so it allows Marvel to tell any story we want. You can have your cat reality where, you know... I'm a British kitty in the city. Yeah, British kitty in the city's reality goes off on, on its own. Or, you know, there's all these different stories. It allows us to tell something that's like, you know, what if Wolverine didn't die a couple of years ago? That could be its own reality. It allows us to tell any story we want. Or like, what if Peter Parker died and stayed dead and then we had a new Spider-Man named Miles Morales? Yeah, 100%. And the realities are not just for comics, which is a really important thing. Mm -hmm. uh, there's designations for pretty much anything that we've done at Marvel. So uh, how about movies? Let's see. You want to talk about the 2010 Planet Hulk animated film? That's Earth 10022. The X-Men movies? Earth 10005. The Blade movies? Earth 26320. The Raimi Spidey movies? Earth 96283. The MCU, of course, is Earth 199999. Also, I found the designation for Earth that we live on, all of us humans together. It's 1218. Oh. Also, not just movies, it's TV shows and games. The Lego Marvel Superheroes game from 2013 is Earth 13122. The Maximum Carnage game from the 90s has its own, which is 33734. The Incredible Hulk TV show from the 70s and even into its uh, specials in the 80s is Earth 400005. So hundreds of thousands of Earths, potentially. Millions. Billions. Infinite. I saw this list of them and I went, oh, no, <laughs> yeah. because my eyeballs got sucked into my belly and out my butt. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, do you have any particular favorites that you can think of? Because I have some, like I said, the what if stories for me were really great in the 90s. Earth 90816 is what if number 16 from 1990, which is one of my favorite comics of all time. Wolverine, it's like I think it's called like what if Wolverine battled Conan, mm. but Wolverine it's at the trial of the Phoenix. Uh, Wolverine basically like he trips and falls into some of the watchers, you know, technology gets transported into the Hyborian age and ends up going to Conan's time. He like starts to like get it on with red Sonia. He kills a bunch of bad guys. He fights with Conan. Conan gets thrust into the current time and Conan screws everything up. It's just a, it's a whole nightmare, but it's really cool. There's a bunch of great Conan what ifs. Also from the 90s, there's a what if number 44 from 1992, which is what if Venom possessed the Punisher, which is really neat. Gave us a great visual of Venom Punisher um, and tons more. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a little basic, but I think the Ultimate Comics universe was a place where so many amazing stories got to be told because it wasn't in main continuity. And I feel just stoked about the general existence of that. I believe that is 1610. Yep. I feel like my opinion of the multiverse or my my thought about the multiverse is so affected by Spider-Verse where different spider people from all the different multiverses had to come together to take down their biggest threat yet. But because we got to really look at so many dimensions together at the same time, that really kind of just like forever imprinted the multiverse in my brain. Yeah. You know, the idea of the Spider-Verse that Dan Slott and Nick Lowe and then like those creators started putting together in the comics of uh, there being this thing called Loom World, which is where the 
Yeah, like of, the crux of the universe sort yeah, of. Yeah, it's, it's either Earth-1 or Earth-0, and that there's all these universes with all these spider totem characters as important to that story is really neat. And, you know, you see that then sort of taken to some extent into Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse film. I love that they had this idea for Spider-Verse and that they brought in other versions that were already established and bringing them in, like taking Japanese Spider-Man and bringing him into the stories or taking Spider-Man India into the stories or taking, you know, the various different, um, you know, we wouldn't have Spider-Gwen if we didn't have Spider-Verse. I know. It's wild. Yeah. One last one to point out, Exiles. Some point this year, we'll have to do a chat about Exiles because it's one of my favorite comic series of all time. Break your heart. What a bunch of multiverses, Ryan. Yeah, and so many more to come. Now, this reminds me of when we were talking about the sort of what if universes and what if Namor were modest and he was like embarrassed to be in swim trunks. (laughs) And I just love that there are so, so many multiverses where silly things happen for silly reasons. Oh, it's so good. And like there's people that have like said, okay, this one you know, small what ifs like idea, we'll give it a universe designation and it exists in the multiverse. Boom. It's there. It's wild. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Um, of course, that was really fun. Hope you guys enjoyed that, uh, that little replay for you. We're going to get into our community section now with a little question of the week for next week. What are you looking forward to from Marvel in 2021? You can tweet your answers using hashtag this week in Marvel. You can email them to twimpodcast at marvel.com. You can send a message to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash this week in Marvel. And please mark it okay to read on the show, either in your email or in a threaded tweet, whatever you need, uh, because we're going to have to get your permission to share it on a future episode. Yeah, and uh, speaking of which, let's uh, talk about the tweets you guys have sent us over the last week or so. We had a question of the week last week, which was, what are your favorite Marvel moments from 2020? And uh, first up, we have Rafael Rodriguez at Raph Danvers, who said, Captain Marvel being the new supreme accuser in their new Kree Skrull empire. Carol finding out she had a half-sister named L'Oreal, and by the end of Empire, passing on the supreme accuser mantle to her. That was like a really fun turn. Mm-hmm. Um, also just like a great kind of misdirecty headline was cool. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, L'Oreal, so great. She's just a terrific character. Go into Marvel Unlimited if you missed these issues. It's Captain Marvel issues that came out this year. So, so good. L'Oreal's got the best arms, too. Like, my favorite arms on a character <laughs> in comics this year, maybe. It's goals, y'all. Goals. Uh, <laughs> we got a tweet in here from Tom Elmore, at Tom Elmore 67 who says, Watching all the Marvel films with the misses during lockdown must have seen Endgame about 20 times now. Tom, that is a great use of time. I'm glad you got to build those uh, those moments and memories. One of the things I always think about is like, you know, as you if there's something you love and you watch it over and over again, the things you start to pick up on on different repeated viewings and what those things are for folks who are like, especially this year, like Tom has said, going through and re, you know, re-enjoying the MCU over and over again. What stuff do you pick up on? That's got to be super cool. Yeah, especially watching them all back to back like that. Mm -hmm. That's the way to do it. Next up, we've got this one, and it's from Fred at Mutant Jedi Mouse saying, 
from the awesome Marvel 616 documentary on Disney Plus to the amazing arcs we got in comics such as Daredevil and Immortal Hulk, I loved Marvel in 2020 despite the obstacles. And I'm really looking forward to what the future has in store for us fans. Oh, that's so nice. Heck yeah. We got this one saying Moon Knight destroying Thor with Mjolnir. Hashtag this week in Marvel. Uh, that goes to the story we were talking about a little earlier, which is the Age of Conchu that was in the pages of the Avengers comics. Go check that out on Marvel Unlimited if you missed it. It's a doozy. Next up, we've got this one saying when the Loki series trailer dropped. This is hands down the two minutes and 46 seconds that saved this wretched year for me. Ugh, Loki to the rescue, just looking sassy, getting up in some time travel. Go watch the trailer right now on marvel.com. If you have not seen it yet, it is awesome. Heck yes. We've got another one here saying Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season seven. The end was perfect. Also, the episode titles were just the best, along with the special title cards, Deke Squad Forever. And Daniel got a happy ending. Hashtag this week in Marvel. Yes. So, I mean, gosh, the longest running Marvel television show, um, they sent it off in style. Next up, we have this one saying that their favorite was Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales in their big ending scenes. We're not going to spoil anything for anybody, mm, 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 mm. but so glad you played it to the end. Uh, all right. We've got a couple more in here. And this one comes from Carrot Scraps at Carrot Scrap saying, I'm not sure if this was a moment, but the release of the Marvel's Avengers video game was my favorite Marvel thing this year. The game is so much fun and it's honestly very special to me. I've met so many cool people because of the game and I love its universe. Oh, yeah, that's great. I love that. That's so nice. Yeah. This next one is from Mr. Titanium at Mr. Titanium 18 saying, Ryan and Lorraine, you asked about 2020. Here is my answer. This week in Marvel and pull list. I found you guys in 2020. That's a triple D, a ding dang delight, as Ryan would say. Thank you. I stole it from Ryan. Uh, you all have become fast friends and I enjoy the time spent listening. Oh, this is my favorite. Like this, this tweet came in literally while we were recording this episode and it made me so happy. And it's the like perfect capper for us because, you know, we get excited. We love doing the show, but knowing that it affects people and like, there's a lot of our listeners, which I just talk to on a daily basis, you know, in, in one way or another, and it brings me so much joy. So thank you, everyone, for being on this journey, for sticking around with us, for listening, for tweeting, for sharing, for commenting, for just loving and celebrating Marvel with us. Because, you know, Lorraine and I, this is our job, but it's also kind of love it. It's great. Yeah. This is our friendship time yeah. <laughs> that we put aside every week to hang out together and talk about stuff. And it's honestly very special to get to share it with all of you folks who listen, whether you interact with us or not on the socials. We we just love you guys. And of course, if you want to interact with us on the socials, please do. Um, we're always ready to share our friendship time. Yeah. Friendship time for everyone. That about wraps us up for this episode of This Week in Marvel, which was produced by Alexis Williams, Percy of Berlin, Zachary Goldberg, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Magos. Our audio development manager is Brad Barton. Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. And special thanks to 2020 for almost being over. Leave us alone, 2020. Bye. Good luck in 2021. Bye. <laughs> I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. And this is Marvel. Your universe. <laughs>